Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is Amanda with Chainsaw Chic Carving. Um, I jumped at the opportunity when I found Amanda on Instagram and saw that she was a chainsaw carver because I'm sorry, but I think that's pretty badass. So um, it was awesome getting to talk with her and getting to learn more about how she got into chainsaw carving and while raising her four kiddos. So great interview. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. I know you guys will enjoy it. Um, and also just a reminder, make sure that you're following along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. That's at Maker Mom podcast and link, link in the bio will take you to show notes and all kinds of cool places. So make sure you check that out. With no further ado, here is Amanda with Chainsaw Chic Carving. Okay, so let's get started with just can you give an introduction about yourself um yeah i am amanda i am married been married for 12 or 13 years somewhere in there (laughs) (laughs) um i've got four kids Uh, i live in the center of alaska um a little bit north of fairbanks um and you know i am a chainsaw carver Okay, I have to ask, do you feel like how awesome you are when you get to say that you are a chainsaw carver? Well, half the time, I don't know if people are going to know what I am. I've had people ask, you know, look, you you carve tiny chainsaws? No, no, that's not at all what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's a a little different, but... uh, I enjoy it and I get, I usually get some fun responses. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. All right. So you've got four kiddos. What's the age ranges we're looking at? Um, 12, 11, four, and one. You've got a nice spread there. Um, yeah, well, you know, I had my two and I figured, you know, that's good. I'm done. And then I started getting rid of all of our baby stuff. And, you know, that gave me the baby bug. And of course, I had to tell my husband, you know, I think another one would be, you know, okay with me. And nine months later, we had another one. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then my fourth one was more unexpected, but he's adorable and I love him. And uh, he completes us. There you go. And is he is he uh, joining us this morning for the podcast interview? Yes, he is. He's probably going to be <laughs> yelling at me a fair amount. That's all right. <laughs> um, we like we've had we've even had some uh, breastfeeding mamas on here, so we've had we've ran the gamut. Yeah, I'm still breastfeeding him, so uh, there you go. <laughs> it's uh, 
it definitely takes a a little it's a little harder to go out and work with chainsaws and come in and you know make sure he's not getting a mouthful of sawdust at the same time <laughs> yeah i'm sure that would not make him very happy well he's got he's gotten used to it it's a little extra fiber <laughs> um all right well amanda let's go back a little ways what was your childhood like um where'd you grow up what kind of things were you interested in um, well, I am one of four also. Um, I have two brothers and a sister. I grew up in Montana with two amazing parents. Um, gave us, you know, everything that um, we needed and provided for us. And um, we grew up in the church. Um, and my parents always strived to give us um, a good knowledge of what we would need to become good people in the world and I hope I became one um, because they taught us well so if I'm not one it's my own fault <laughs> um, so we grew up doing a lot of church stuff um, and we my dad took me hunting all the time and we went camping all the time and we just have a massive passion for the outdoors which is probably why I live in Alaska today um, it's Montana on steroids um, so I, yeah, I grew up in a very loving family, a very um, passionate family about their faith, and um, you know I I couldn't ask for anything better really for what I was given as a child. That's that's great, and I can confess I've never been to either Montana or Alaska, but my vision of both is not a ton of people. And a lot of outdoors. Well, um, the the parts uh, I grew up in a pretty big town there, I, Missoula and the surrounding areas is about a, I I want to say it's a hundred thousand people now. Well, so I guess it's not big, but big to me. Right. And where I'm at, it's about thirty thousand people. Okay. In Alaska now. Okay. Um, but it sounds like I mean that you guys. Like you said, you were involved a lot with church activities, but also like outdoors. Um, did that basically continue all through, like all the way, carry you into high school and everything? Um, a little bit. Um, not as much as I would have liked. Um, you know, when you're a teenage girl, going out into the woods isn't, you know, what you focus on. You focus a lot more on, you know, your friends and driving around in a car with your buddies than, you know, going and having a campfire in the woods. Um, but I've always loved it. Um, and I, uh, when I met my husband, I was 18 and he's Davy Crockett on steroids. So that, you know, just uh, brought me back into everything I've always loved doing that I'd kind of gotten away from when in my high school years, just because of, you know, normal social things that happen when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Okay. What did you do um, post high school? Did you go to college, uh, go right to work? You know, what was um, that I like? Did, I did go to college for a really short time. Um, it wasn't a good fit, the college I was at. So I came back right away and um, I went to work at Lowe's actually. Um, while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do 
um, because education is really important. However, I was having a hard time finding something that I could justify going to college for. My number one goal has always been to be there for my kids. And I couldn't be there for my kids if I was gone at work for 12 hours a day. So my, my number one goal has always been to be a mother and to be a good mother um, that I, I could always be there for them. And, <coughs> excuse me. So with all my interests, you know, there just wasn't anything I could go to college for that it made sense. You know, I, I was interested in graphic art and design, but with that, you spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year on college. And when you get out, you make minimum wage and you have to live in a big city to make good money. And so I didn't think that was a good option for me because I don't want to live in a big city. And, you know, I want, I looked into being, becoming a nurse or a PA, something in that field. And the hours just weren't there, especially considering I wanted to be with my kids a lot. And so um, by that time, I had met my husband and we uh, ended up moving up to Alaska and he had a great job and we started having kids right off the get go. And I had two kids within 13 months. So, um, you know, I didn't really get into anything for quite some time after um, I had them just because two kids that close together is, it's a handful. Yes, it is. It's um, not quite <clears throat> Irish twins, but pretty close. Pretty uh, close. And my <laughs> second born is bigger than my first born. So <laughs> my 11 year old is as tall as me now. And, and, uh, you know, she's five, six, and that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, how long would you say that you've been a maker or considered yourself kind of a maker, um, you know, crafts person? Um, well, let's see. I don't, I don't know. I've always liked doing things. I've always loved art. Um, you know, I did I'm drawing, things like that. Um, in, I think, middle school, I tried some woodworking and I was horrible at it. Um, but my mom has always done a lot of stuff like that. So it was never something I thought I couldn't do. I just never did it for whatever reasons. Um, and then after I married my husband, um, he had some knowledge of building log furniture and I thought, Hey, this is something I could do at home, make money, be with my kids and, it, you know, enjoy it. And I did. Um, it got a little monotonous, um, you know, making beds. I hand peeled all my logs um, and I ended up having to stop pretty soon after I started it, unfortunately, because I, uh, I got arthritis and it's really hard to hand peel a bunch of logs and stuff when you have arthritis. I couldn't do it anymore, um, <clears throat> even after a couple surgeries and whatnot. So that closed down pretty fast, unfortunately. So that was back in 2012-ish. So I guess, yeah, to sum it up, around 2012 was really when I started making things, I guess. Okay. But it sounds like, I mean, besides the arthritis, it sounds like 
it wasn't necessarily like your cup of tea. Like you weren't in love with that style of making. Yeah, it it was different. I really enjoyed um I I enjoyed making things, but when I got, you know, six orders for a bed, you know, yeah, it's just it's really monotonous. I like getting to do new things. So if I was getting orders for you know, something different every time. I probably would have liked it a lot more, but no, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a passion, but it was a, it was a good way to make a couple extra bucks and be with my children. Okay. Yeah. And that makes total sense. I'm the same way. I don't really enjoy making things twice. (laughs) Um, so how did you get started with the chainsaw carving? Um, on a whim, probably seven years ago or so, maybe even longer ago now, I told my husband, hey, this sounds like fun. I want to try this. So he bought me a chainsaw. It was a little chainsaw, um, and it sat there for five years. I think I used it once. Um, and, you know, in that time, I went to work at a clinic for a little while, and that just didn't work out. And while he was hunting two years ago, I thought, you know, I'm going to try this. So I pulled up a video on YouTube of, it was a, you know, someone carving a bear and they, uh, it was a time-lapse video. So, you know, they carved the whole bear in a matter of, you know, a minute. And I watched that thing probably a hundred times with every little step they were doing. And, and it took me probably a week and three gallons of chainsaw gas. And I got my first bear pumped out. And, you know, five years after I got my first chainsaw (laughs) and kind of been doing it since. Okay. Um, So with the, with the chainsaw carving, like when you were doing the log furniture, it sounds like you just kind of jumped right into making a business. Was that your intent with the chainsaw carving too? Or was that more like just for fun to start? It was just going to be something for fun. And so, let's see, I started, my, the very first one I started was two years ago in September. And then I made two more, and some friends saw them, and they pretty much sold instantly. And so then I made a couple more things, and they sold even faster. And so I thought, well, hey, this actually might be lucrative. I could have fun doing this. And, you know, who doesn't like to play with chainsaws and (laughs) make some money on the side? And this could be good. And so I um, made one post on, you know, I think Facebook Marketplace or something like that. And within three days, I was booked up with carvings for the next five months. So it happened by accident, but it was a happy accident. Do you feel like, I mean, is it, is it mostly all like your local community? A lot is local community. Um, there's not any chainsaw carvers locally. There was one, well, there's been a couple over the years, um, and I actually know them, and he's given me some tips along the way he's a great guy um and so it's a it's a niche that needs filled on top of that 
Um, I'm getting a ton of support just because I'm a woman in a male dominated field. And so I've had a couple of people that have come to me solely because I'm a woman, which is odd to me um, because it, it just feels odd that I'm getting chosen because of my sex. That just seems strange. But, you know, it's, it's worked to my advantage, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have, I have had some opportunities here and there, people that aren't local. Um, like next month, I'm, uh, I'm actually going down to Anchorage, which is about 300 miles away from us. And uh, I'm taking some bears down there. Um, I just happen to be down there for my son's hockey. And so I'm dragging him down there too. But I've had um, a carving competition over in Maine. They asked me if I could go over. and I declined because I'm also building a house. So that didn't work out taking a week off to go do that. Um, But yeah, it's just, I get a lot of interest um, since... I've only been doing this really for a year because I took a year off when I had my kid, my last kid. Um, I'm getting weird interest from all over the globe, which is a lot of fun. But um, most of my clients are local just because shipping is horrific for anything from here. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, not just from your location, but all of those probably weigh a significant amount, I would assume. They do. They weigh a lot. And yeah. they're bulky and people don't want to move them. And I don't no. blame them. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I carve, but not with chainsaws. Um, I, do power, I do power carving with angle grinders. And yeah, I just moved all of my, you know, lumber and weighting, basically, from my storage unit to my shop. And... It took several of us to get some of those big logs like into the space. So they're not they're not lightweight by any means. No, they're they're not <laughs> at all. And I had to uh go and buy a skid steer to move a bunch of my stuff around because you know, I can't I have uh, you know, an order coming up for a fourteen foot carving and you know, I can't lift that. I don't have the strength. <laughs> No. And I would say that probably multiple men put together wouldn't have the, well, they'd have the strength, but it would take more than two, I would guess. It, yeah, to move that. it does. And <laughs> my husband is got unhuman like strength. So he moves a lot of stuff for me, but still that, you know, that 14 footer, he can't quite do that one. So, you know, it really, really broke his heart to have to buy things like skid steers, you know, for work that totally broke his heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Um, Okay. So besides, it sounds like maybe a little bit of word of mouth locally, do you do any like craft fair or art fairs and that type of thing too? Or is it really word of mouth that has helped you locally? Uh, Word of mouth. Um, I haven't done any fairs. I want to, um, unfortunate, well, not unfortunately, I've, I've been too busy. Um, I can't build up a stock. I can't, um, keep things on the shelf more or less. Um, there's, there's a high demand for stuff around here on top of the fact that it's, we're getting into the holiday season, everyone's thinking ahead. Um, and so, you know, when people order for me, they're fine waiting months, a lot of times. And 
you know, I wish I wasn't that far out, but, um, you know, they, they know it takes time. So, you know, I, I'd love to do some art shows and whatnot. Um, I just, I haven't had the time to build up a stock. Mm -hmm. Uh, so everything's been word of mouth, um, you know, in my Facebook page and Instagram page and that's it. I don't have anything else. Okay. Um, is most like, are most of your orders, like, are, is it like the customers coming to you and saying, I want this like specific thing carved or are you getting a chance to like, you make something, put it up and then it gets sold? So when I first started, um, I did pretty much one thing and it was bears holding a sign. And those sold like hotcakes. And I carved those until it doesn't work out to um, carve with chainsaws when you're pregnant because you know, a lot can go wrong. Um, but since I've started carving again um, after I had him, man, I don't know the last time I did a bear with a sign. Um, they've all been custom orders of people coming to me and saying, Hey, I want this. So I've done a night, um, you know, bears, you know, holding their paws up and roaring. Um, I did a, you know, polar bear, um, for a military unit. Um, I have one coming up for a gun shop that it's a bear holding a specific kind of gun. Um, now, yeah, people's dogs. Um, so now, now it's pretty much all custom stuff of people saying, Hey, I want this. Cannot, can you carve me this? Um, and I, I really like the challenge of that. I like doing something different because a hundred bears with holding signs is fun, but it gets monotonous. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, well, it sounds like, I mean, Something like the the carving competition would be super intriguing to do, I think. Um, uh, so hopefully you get another opportunity to do something like that. Um, but as far as um, the rest of how you're making business and selling, you said Facebook and Instagram, um, do you see one is better than the other from those platforms? Uh, Facebook, I probably sell a lot more stuff or um, for. Um, Instagram, I find, is a whole lot better for connecting with other carvers from around the world, getting to see their work. It seems to be a more uh, preferred um, media for people in my field. So you know, on, on Instagram, I've got people that follow me and I follow them from all over the globe. Um, Facebook is pretty much, I would say 90% of my people that, uh, I connect with are local. Um, on Instagram, I bet 95% are not local. Okay. And I think that makes total sense for the different platforms. Um, Hello, friends. Today's podcast is sponsored by Carolina Shoe. 
Now, I have been wearing my steel-toed Carolina shoes, safety shoes, safety boots, really, for quite some time now, and I'm going to tell you I love them, and I wear them every single time that I go to the shop. Um, they keep my feet safe uh, with the steel toe tip. They keep my feet safe from falling objects, uh, but there's many different types of safety toe options, not just steel toe. Also, they're oil and slip resistant and waterproof, uh, so whenever I get some water in the shop, they keep my feet nice and dry, and they're super comfortable. I wasn't expecting that, but they really are. So take it from me, who does wear these shoes every time I'm in the shop, that they're really awesome. And if you want to go check it out and get your very own pair, you can get a special 10% off using the coupon code MAKERMOM10 at checkout. So thank you, Carolina Shoe, and go get yourself a pair of these awesome boots and thank me later. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about tools in shop space. I would assume your shop space is mostly outside. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually in transition at the moment. Um, I had, at my last house, we built a big shop um, and... Uh, we sold that here last year, and so right now I'm renting, and I threw up a carport to carve in. Last winter I was carving in the snow, um, but we're building a house right now, um, and it'll have a big shop space that I'll work out of, and then once that's done, so I have a place to live, um, we have a piece of land across from um, that that I'm actually going to build a uh, a shop specifically for me to carve in and it's not just going to be the garage off of the house. That sounds really nice and fun and exciting. It's very exciting. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> it's a long process when you're building stuff yourself, but worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's talk tools slash chainsaws. What are your kind of like, do you have various sizes or what, what are you working with when you're carving? Um, man, I use a lot of everything. Um, I've been grounded from buying more chainsaws. Um, I have a really big variety of them. My yeah. really small saw is actually the first one I started out with and that one has you know, a really small bar on it, the nose on it's really small for really fine detail work. And then I go all the way up into, um, you know, really, uh, it's a fairly big saw um, and it's just for my big cuts. Um, so I've got, I've got about seven saws that I use on a regular basis. Um, and then I have, I have, you know, angle grinders, you know, a bunch of power carving tools with the sanding discs and I have uh, saber tooth grinding bits and oh man I have a ridiculous amount of tools for detail work and it just yeah I've got a stupid amount of stuff <laughs> um yeah um well you have to have a stupid amount of stuff right you think it's oh yeah it's yeah, a requirement. If decide, <laughs> yeah, if I ever decide to not carve ever again, I'm going to have more tools than I know what to do with. <laughs> um, 
So this is probably a really dumb question, but I have to ask. So you said like you have like the smaller chainsaw with the smaller nose that's good for doing details. So do they like do they make chainsaws that are like meant specifically for chainsaw carving? Yes, they do. And that's actually you can buy different bars with the small noses on it. Um so the the tip on this that they make different size tips. So on one of them is it's called a dime tip bar and then there's a quarter tip bar and the tip of the bar is the size of a quarter or a dime and it helps you get into those little nooks and crannies in the um the bar is also thinner um so on my big on my big chainsaws it's a you know the cut on it is i i'm not really actually all that tech savvy i leave or chainsaw savvy i leave that to my husband um but the cut on it is probably it's not half an inch wide but it's pretty wide um and then on you know so you don't want that big of a cut on everything you know i can't carve in eyes with that mm -hmm. um so on the carving bars they're really really thin um and it's um yeah it's significantly smaller it's a oh three sixteenths of an inch or so i mean like i'm it, that's rough like i am horrible with math so <laughs> anyone well, listening about chainsaws and knows more <laughs> than i do that's <laughs> you're probably shaking your head at me but um it there's just a big difference on the width of the bar so you get a different size cut um and it, it makes a world of difference for stuff and on you know the big saw tips they are, I mean, they're, they're massive, you know, it's three, four inches wide. So you, you just can't get in there with the detail. So yeah, they do make a lot of um, different carving style bars for that reason. Okay. Um, that's a cool fact that I didn't know about. And so those smaller bars that are, you know, meant for carving and especially doing the detail work, do they then because I know I've been told several times, I mean, I just have like a 14-inch a bar chainsaw, nothing too fancy. But I have always been told like you don't want to start with putting the tip in because that's how you get like the kickback. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't – you want to uh, – yeah, never put the tip in specifically first if you do – um, than you want to do on the bottom side of it because the other thing that you'll do is to throw a chain and mm -hmm. then, man if you get smacked with the chain you're going to be a hurting unit um, and I'm still learning I am by no means a pro uh, and my husband has taught me everything um, he's afraid to teach me some stuff because he still wants me to need him apparently <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know there's a lot of safety stuff um, that goes along with carving, of course, you know, making sure you get, um, you're putting that bar on there correctly. Um, so you don't, you know, have an accident or a fatal accident because it's possible. Right. I mean, does that, it doesn't sound like it because it sounds like you kind of jumped right in, but does that ever factor in like to your head at all? Like, should I be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, 
you know, I, we live, we only get one life. We might as well enjoy it. Um, I take precautions to protect myself. You know, I, you know, keep my hair back, you know, the strings on my hoodies, you know, they're tucked in or taken off. You know, there's chainsaw chaps. I keep my feet out of the way. I keep my face out of the way. Hearing protection, eye protection. Um, you know, I take the precautions needed um, to keep myself safe. You know, it's to me, it's no different than hopping in the car and putting on your seatbelt. You know, I could still have an accident either way, but I'm not going to live my life in fear of anything. Um, so it's, yeah, it's never been an issue or a factor of, well, maybe I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> if I'm carving at the house and like my husband's not home or the nanny's not there with the kids, you know, I make sure my kids know where the cell phone is in case there is an accident. But yeah, it's just, it's not something that plays into my fears or anything of the sort. That's good. I mean, you have to have a, a healthy respect of the tools, but um, you're right. You don't want to let it keep you from doing what you love to do. Um, all right. Well, you have four kids and you carve and you have to also manage kind of the, the business end of selling those carvings. How do you manage doing all of that um, and not completely losing your mind? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I am losing my mind. Um, it, uh, well, it, it takes a lot. Um, I've got an amazing husband who does so much for me, and his work schedule actually helps me out on that a lot. Um, he works four days on, five days off, five days on, four days off. So, you know, when he's off, he's got the kids, you know, for the four and five days. Um, and he can run them to hockey practices and school and all those things. Um, you know, it's just, hope you don't drop the balls and <laughs> hope mm -hmm. for the best. Um, but, my, yeah, so my husband does a ton to help me out. Um, he maintenances all my saws and uh, a lot of times he'll actually come and clean up the area for me after I'm cleaning after I'm done working um, my kids actually help me out a lot on that as well um, you know the one and four-year-old though they're kind of hindrances <laughs> <laughs> not that I trade that for the world um, but my 11 and 12 year old they're always looking for um, ways to make some money because they know that you know they're going to be driving soon, so they need to save up for their cars, um, and they love the little ones, so they like hanging out with them, and they help me a lot, um, and they have their fair share of the chores, so, you know, it's not just me cleaning the house, and um, I've also got a phenomenal group of friends that anytime I need anything, I, you know, I just have to call them, and they're, they're there uh, with I've got two kids in hockey and this month we're at the rink or doing dryland practices 40 times this month alone. So they're, you know, they're just absolutely amazing. I couldn't ask for, you know, a better group of friends and family that make all of this possible for me because without them, if I, if this was all left to me, it wouldn't happen. 
Um, I think, first of all, I think it's great that you have, it sounds like, you know, basically a whole community um, to make it, to make it function as, as best as it can or as close to a, a well-oiled machine as it can. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. What would you say is your favorite part about being a chainsaw carver? The freedom to be with my kids. <laughs> um, I, besides that, um, when it actually just comes down to the art of it, I like creating something new and fun that nobody else has. Yeah, everyone, you know, anyone that's done a carving has done a bear, but no, none of them look identical. And it's just something that I was able to do on my own um, that is just fun and exciting that, you know, no one else is doing. Awesome. And you're right. There's no possible way for, even if everybody does a chainsaw carving of a bear, they will not look alike. Right. They all look different. And I have people come to me all the time can you carve me this? And they'll show me a picture <laughs> of someone else's carving. Say, yeah, okay, well, number one, yes, I can. However, it will not look identical. There's no way I could make that look that way. And even if you went to that artist, chances are, if you said, hey, I want this, it's still going to look different, even if it's from the same artist, because that's just how it goes. Right, exactly. What's your favorite part about being a mom? I love seeing my kids grow and learn. Um, there's, there's nothing better than seeing their accomplishments in life. Um, like, and I love all the baby snuggles. And if my sanity could ha could handle it in my pocketbook, I'd have a million kids because they're so squishy and sweet. Um, but I, I love seeing all my kids grow and get better at stuff. Um, my oldest son, um, you know, he had a hard time in school and, you know, it was amazing if we got a report card where they weren't questioning, should we hold him back? Um, and now this quarter, he almost has straight A's. So that seeing that accomplishment for him makes me so proud. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for you know, anything better of my kids than to see them grow and become amazing people. Awesome. And it is really fun to watch them uh, find their way and make their own accomplishments. It is. I, I love every second of, of that part. Mm -hmm. Well, for the, for the most part, <laughs> my, my four-year-old is stubborn and hard-headed and a handful like his daddy but it's it's still fun to see that personality figure out you know what he's doing in life mm -hmm. yeah four-year-olds is uh is an interesting age I have one who will be four in January and she is giving us a run for our money for sure <laughs> yeah um, they do that <laughs> they do that um <clears throat> Do you feel, because you, you did bring it up a little bit, you know, about you've gotten some business on the fact that you are a female carver, you know, and that's not 
as typical, especially female chainsaw carver. Um, but do you feel like, have you faced any challenges or had any challenges because you are a woman in a fairly predominant male dominated field? For the most part, no. Um, and the stuff I have had happen, I wouldn't consider it a challenge. Um, just a learning curve, I suppose. Um, for a good amount of things, my husband does come with me, like for deliveries. Um, one is because he's a lot stronger than I am. Um, and two, you know, sometimes just for safety, because if I'm delivering something to someone's house, you know, I am a woman. And, you know, it, the world is not a safe place. So having him with me um, keeps me safer. So um, what happens a lot of the time is when I go deliver something, um, I've had some people talk solely to him or think that he's the one carving everything. And, you know, when they go to pay me, they hand him the money. Um, so that's, that's rare. Um, and that happened a lot more when I was new um, and less people knew about me. Um, and the, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, the, um, and the only other thing I had, which just, it still cracks me up to this day is, um, my in-laws came to see us and my husband had to go to work and I was, um, going to go outside to carve and, you know, my father-in-law just looked at me and goes, well, how are you going to get the chainsaw started? <laughs> well, <laughs> the same way James does. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, some people have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that, yes, I do know how to start a chainsaw. And I mean, not all the time. I have one saw that gives me the worst fits and my husband does start it regularly for me because I hate that saw. Um, but, you know, in general, I, I don't, have issues with that people have been amazing about it they you know I, I actually get more probably respect and more shock and awe than really I deserve um, solely because I'm a woman I mean it's anyone can pick up a saw and anyone can carve I mean I learned off of YouTube it's not you know it's not a special skill um, that I've that I have you know I'm not a crazy genius mathematician um and so it's it's interesting but more than anything I'd say I'm actually given more respect and treated differently in a good way because I am in a male-dominated field that it just surprises people mm -hmm. well I do want to say don't don't take away all of your credit yes everyone can learn how to do it but I would say that you show the confidence in doing it thank you <laughs> you're welcome because um, <clears throat> I know personally I'm still scared of it I use it but I'm still scared of my chainsaw um, so confidence is a lot of what it takes um, probably you know I would say definitely regardless of your gender yeah. confidence is a lot of what it takes to do anything that you enjoy doing. I would agree. Yeah, if, if, you, if you're scared of what you're doing, you're not gonna do it well a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a difference between being scared and you know being cautious. 
Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, what is something that you're hoping your kids learn from, from watching you do this from, from watching you be a carver and a businesswoman? I just want my kids to know that they can do anything that they're, that they set their minds out for. Um, and my mom was a great example to me of never thinking that there were things I couldn't do. And my dad, for that matter as well, they never said, well, you can't do that. You're a girl. Um, my dad took me hunting and, you know, we had, a garage full of tools that they would let me out there and mess with them. And my dad taught me how to change the brakes on my car and change the oil, change a tire, you know, so they never taught me that I couldn't do something solely because I'm a woman. Um, and so in today's day and age where people are, you know, a lot more of those things are coming out of people saying, Hey, that's not right. It's, it's a foreign concept to me solely because I've never experienced that. Fortunately. Um, so I want my kids to know that the sky is the limit and for them not to even second guess that, well, you know, that they can do everything because they can, all they have to have is the drive and the want, and they're going to be able to do it. Um, and you know, I'm, we are open with our kids, um, of life. We don't try to shelter them because, um, we want them to be prepared in life. So when you know, they obviously don't know, you know, what it costs to run everything. But, you know, when they say, hey, I want to go do this. Okay, yes, you can go do this. But you need to know that this costs a significant amount of money. So if you're going to do this, you need to, um, you know, set yourself up to be able to afford stuff like this. You know, if they want the latest whatever, and my kids are not I mean, they don't care about Nike or Adidas or wanting the latest anything, but they, you know, know that they have to work for money. I have to work for money. Um, so I forgot where I was going. I, I rabbit trail. I think you figured that out, <laughs> but <laughs> I, just okay. want, I just want them to know that they are capable of doing anything and that anything they want to do, it's worth doing well. And that, you know, when you work for a living, you get whatever you want if you work for it and you work hard. Yep. I think those are all good s skills to in install in your kids. And whether it's you talking to them or they're just seeing that by you modeling it, you know, that you're out there working hard, making something um, and selling it. Okay. Yeah, I, I hope it's positive for them, but yeah. <laughs> you know, in 10 years, I'm sure they'll have different opinions of it. Oh, all kids have different opinions in 10 years from what they're looking <laughs> at right now. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Amanda, if people aren't already following along with you, how can they find you? Well, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Chainsaw Chic Carving, C-H is C-H, or Chic is C-H-I-C. It is not Chick, although, you know, <laughs> that works in my advantage too. It's Chic. Um, so, yeah, I'm Facebook and Instagram. Those are the pretty much the only two places I do anything. I post a lot of pictures. Um, if anyone has any questions, I am more than happy to answer them. Um, I love talking about 
you know, carving. I love learning. Um, I'm still picking up tips and tricks everywhere from other carvers. You know, it's never, never too old to learn. Um, so that's where I can be found is on Facebook and Instagram, Chainsaw Chic Carving. Awesome. And I'll include the link in the show notes so people can follow along with you. All right. So again, that was Amanda with Chainsaw Chic Carving. And I will include links on how to follow along with her in the show notes. Best way to get there, follow along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram at Maker Mom Podcast. Link in the bio and then there's a link to get you to the show notes. Um, Also, make sure, I haven't asked in a while, but make sure that you, whatever um, app you're listening to the podcast on, make sure that you are following along and liking the podcast, and if possible, leave an awesome stellar review so that others can find out about this podcast as well. Now, for those of you who are patrons of the Maker Mom podcast, exciting news, Amanda is my very first guest who has some additional questions that I asked her that will be over on Patreon for those of you who are patrons. So I just asked her a couple more fun questions um, and I plan on doing this going forward with all of the guests so that all of you patrons have some extra juicy content to get to listen to over there. All right, until next week, I hope you guys have a stellar week, and I will catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.